Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I am Jason, a guy who is trying to figure out what in the fuck recovery is and how I do it. And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And we're having episode zero. Why? I know. It seems kind of silly, right? But there's reasoning behind this. Uh, we've we've grown in a, a lot over the course of three years of recording this podcast. And, you know, noticing that if people wanted to check out our podcast, if, if I wanted to check out a podcast... I might go start with this week's episode, or I might start with the first one just to see what it's about, right? And, you know, if you look back at our first episode, our first many episodes, they're a very, very different recording quality and style. And, you know, we, we were very new to the whole podcasting adventure. And I, I like to think we've really grown a lot since then. And, you know, I mean, there's some much more serious editing, much better equipment. <laughs> yeah, I think we just jumped into that like, hey, let's just talk about shit. Yeah, all we need is a microphone, Billy, right, just a fucking microphone. <laughs> and and that's what we did, uh, which was great. And I don't think that it's, I mean, I guess the option otherwise would be just take the beginning episodes with lower audio quality down, but that doesn't seem, like I feel like it's a great story of growth if you listen to our yeah. first 10 and then listen to us now I'm like, and there's still some good stuff in there yeah yeah absolutely and uh and maybe the, those principles or ideals or beliefs that we were kind of talking about in those earlier episodes might be where people are at and what they need to hear and maybe they grow with us as we explore all these recovery topics so anyway for people that are going to be introduced to our podcast we didn't want them to start at episode one and think oh this is terrible audio quality they don't barely edit it's useless <laughs> This is what we sound like. So if you if you like better audio quality and your podcasts, well, we have that now. And if you just want to start at an earlier section, I think it's like number 55 or something is where we got some better equipment and some new audio editing procedures. And so if you're just looking for a better audio, go to like 55, 57, 60, somewhere in there uh, is where we start with that. And in some of our episodes, we go through the 12 steps, we go through the traditions, we go through spiritual principles, you know, so there's some of that in there as well. Yeah, we we delve into all kinds of stuff. We look into other programs and, you know, what might qualify you for them if you've ever thought about, oh, what would it be like to go to this program? I wonder what kind of things they talk about there. We, we try to investigate that. Yeah. Um, we try to talk about how to apply different recovery ideas into our lives or, or what recovery cliches might mean. Yeah. So um, we might be more the podcast that you pick specific topics if you're looking for something Possibly. specific versus just listening straight. It's not going to work like a story. It's going to mm -hmm. work like topics and principles and ideas and some things people will love and some people they'll think we're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's uh, kind of what we try to do is like explore deeply and fully these ideas that we've been given for so long and sort of taken for granted 
uh, in some ways, at least I, I feel like I have. I just sort of, oh, yeah, that. Oh, I believe that. Yep, let's do that now. And, and we're going into it like, hey, how does this actually look when I try to apply these spiritual principles to parenting, right? What does that actually look like? How? Where's the places we've struggled trying to implement that practice at home or at work? Or, you know, how does how do these recovery ideals actually translate into real life experiences? And, and what can we do with those? And which ones maybe don't hold up as well? And which ones hold up? great. And I think that's what we're here for. And I, and I think that was born out of like, one, we like to talk, right? <laughs> and, and we like to talk about self-growth and healing and mental health and recovery topics. But also, we sort of explored the recovery podcast world. And I'm not saying it didn't exist, but it did not seem to exist, at least in the more popular recovery world, that people were actually talking about ideas and and ways of being and ways of doing recovery it was more just hey let's have somebody on every week and they'll tell their story yeah it was like a a, it felt more like a supplement to like a meeting it's like an unofficial meeting on a podcast yes (laughs) with a share (laughs) yeah yeah but it it, i don't know it just wasn't scratching our itch for sure and i and i had heard one i don't want to completely ignore uh the one that sort of gave me the basis of like yeah, that's kind of sort of what I want to sound like, but not, it was more Al-Anon specific. Mm. Um, but it, it actually delved into like, what are we talking about when we talk about right. the spiritual principle of honesty? Like, what does that mean right. to Topics, us? Topics, ideas, principles, yeah. not just someone sharing. So it, it didn't totally not exist, but it, we definitely felt like there was a, a lacking for that. So we decided to do a show and, and that's what we do, man. We, we talk about everything, you know, sometimes we overshare, sometimes we... <laughs> We might undershare. We have guests on. We have some regular personalities. Jenny, Caroline comes on pretty regularly. Uh, some help behind the scenes. But yeah, I, I think at this point, three years in, we're not novices anymore. I don't know that we're great at it, but <laughs> we we seem to have some interesting things go on. We, get, we occasionally do research. Yeah. <laughs> Once in a while, we'll actually look shit up like scientifically to try to help the episodes. We seem to get some some audience feedback. I think that's one of my favorite parts. And we're going to go into some of our audience feedback actually at the end of this episode, if you want to hang out for that, but just the engagement, the different ideas people bring to us, you know, the ways they counter what we said. And we sort of have to rethink through it a little bit to make sure we're, we're still in agreement with where we stood when we recorded the episode that they're talking about. Right. So it's some interesting stuff. I mean, I I think we bring uh, a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table. I mean, 40 plus years of some kind of recovery between the two yeah. of us. And then, Tons of podcasts, yeah. books, audio books. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We listen to how a many lot hours of, of recovery stuff I've listened to. Right. Right. So, I mean, we, we put our all into this and I, I like to think that it's a useful thing. We've gotten quite a few messages over the years uh, that people say, Hey, this podcast is a useful <laughs> thing. So that feels really nice. And you know, we don't, uh, we're not out here trying to make a million dollars. We definitely donate all proceeds. I mean, we definitely need money to keep the podcast going, but beyond that, all proceeds go back into the recovery community and, you know, help people get into recovery housing or clothing for job interviews or whatever it is they might need. So doing some positive stuff in that area. Is there anything else you were thinking to say about yourself or about the podcast? Um, I guess I could go into a little bit of just a inter- brief introduction of myself, who I am. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm Billy. I'm in long term recovery, and for me, that means I have uh, basically started using drugs at the age of twelve. 
um, got into the typical, you know, legal and social problems that come along with active addiction for long periods of time. Um, I had been in and out of jail, been in and out of treatment centers, been introduced to a couple different recovery pathways. Um, eventually, at 25, I got clean through an abstinence-based 12-step fellowship. Um, since then, I've been clean over 20 years. Use the word clean. I know we try to avoid that now, and I didn't put it in my intro when I wrote it, but now I say it because <laughs> so it's such a part of my to. language. I've been in recovery for over 20 yes. years. And, uh, you know, I've been and I'm still an active member of a 12 step fellowship, Narcotics Anonymous. I have sponsored lots of guys through the step process. I've myself have, you know, been involved in the step process. So that's what I bring to the conversation, you know, is my experience in the 12 steps, but also uh, research in and, you know, being open minded to other pathways of recovery. Um, different, you know, ways they're using different drugs nowadays to help mental health and, and illness. And how does that play into this recovery journey? Mm -hmm. You know, what does that look like with more modern science and modern, you know, information that we have? How does that work with the 12 step abstinence based model? Uh, my wife and, and I, to some degree, have been involved in a nonprofit that helps people in recovery, you know, or helps people find recovery and is open to all pathways of recovery, um, being, you know, medicated assisted treatment, uh, abstinence based, you know, maintenance using whatever you want to call it. You know, there's lots of different ways to do this thing, not just abstinence based 12 steps. Mm -hmm. And so between this podcast and her work in this nonprofit, you know, we've been able to find like, wow, there's a lot of ways to do this. And maybe as a recovery community, we should be helping and supporting each other in all of these different pathways, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. smart recovery, whether it's AA, NA, you know, Al-Anon, GA, SA, SA, you know, <laughs> there's all these different pathways. And instead of being some sort of competition of which one's the right way or which one's better, we can work together to complement each other to build a recovery community. So part of this podcast was meant to try to do that, try to bridge some of these gaps and open people's ideas to different uh, different modes of recovery and what this word means and how it looks in people's lives. Yeah, and I think that's a good description. And if you want to hear more about Billy, he's got two episodes <laughs> telling his story uh, somewhere along the way in our episode list. Um, for me, I, I don't. And this is why I don't have an episode telling my history because I don't know it. Um, I don't know. I was born at a young age and then I grew up. <laughs> now, I, I got into drugs, uh, felt before drugs like something was off in me, just felt like I was different than other people, got into drugs. They felt like the answer, you know, bought into the 12-step fellowship when it was entered into my life at some point, found some freedom from drug use, found some inroads to to a recovery lifestyle and and ran with that for a long time you know I, I, like you said i've sponsored a lot of guys i've done the steps a few different ways and and i bring a lot of that here and i also bring you know the the shift that has happened to me through going through some college and and some education to get into the world of therapy i'm i'm now a licensed therapist and i feel like that influences a lot of how i look at this um you know you mentioned the active member of the 12-step program now. And, and I think part of what makes it challenging for me to 
have as much buy-in as before around that is the idea that fundamentally I look at the reasons why we use substances different than the way the 12-step program describes the disease of addiction. Mm. Like to me, it is very much a response to a dysregulated nervous system and our attempts to find some kind of peace inside our body. And so it's more of a, a defense or coping mechanism than it is a sole freestanding event by itself. Like, oh, I've just have this disease of addiction and I'm compelled to use drugs. Like it doesn't look like that for me anymore. And because that's how the 12-step program describes it and then tries to treat it, it's very hard for me to buy into the way they treat it. Not that I disagree that a lot of the stuff in the steps is valuable and, and it works and, and helps in some ways, I don't want to say by accident, but some of the things we've put into place when we didn't have our present understanding of science, they work. I'm, I'm not disagreeing, <laughs> right? I think there's some reasons why the 12-step process can still hold up and be very useful for some individuals. I just come at it from a little different place now, which makes it a little trickier to to just I guess, blindly necessarily have the faith that we talked about in the last episode we recorded, right? It's a little more skeptical from me or a little more, let me just look at the core values of this and see if they still make sense under this new light. Or what do they call it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's kind of something along those lines. And, uh, and I think we have a good dynamic in that it's weird because we debate a lot and yet we did, we agree with like 99% (laughs) of what each other says. So it's, it's interesting, but we do kind of have that like somewhat separate side of the aisle belief system that, that gets us into a place where we have good conversation around it. Yeah, I think so too. And I think what makes it interesting is I know for you and I know for me, I shouldn't say I know for you, I know for me and I'm pretty sure with you, like where we started this journey three years ago, a lot of my beliefs are very different now, even the, and some as a result of this podcast or just being willing to be open minded to mm-hmm. things like medicated assisted treatment or how, oh, yeah. you know, THC is being used in therapies or how, you know, psychedelics are being used nowadays to treat depression. Like, you know, early in my recovery and and in my journey, it was like abstinence based and that's it. And if you're not doing that, you're fucking fake recovery. Like right. you're not even real. <laughs> um, and now that's very different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like now as a result of, of where things are going in our society and education, why, you know, what we understand about addiction and mental health and, you know, just educating ourselves about the subject rather than just that uh, social shaming of like, you're an addict, so screw you. It's like, yeah. no, you know, there's a lot going on there to to addiction and why people use. And we like to explore some of those ideas and hopefully it'll open other people's mind like it did ours, yeah. because I think that's a problem for me personally within the 12 step fellowships is that we tend to get very our way is the best way. And these other ways all suck, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to get away from that, even within the fellowship that I'm, you know, practicing. Yeah, I guess that's one of the the downfalls of recording a podcast is that like we could listen back to our first 20 <laughs> episodes and I can almost guarantee I don't I can tell you right now I don't remember nothing about what we talked about. I can about. tell you it has 100% happened that I've listened and been I like, mean, "Oh, I don't think that anymore." Yeah, <laughs> I can just picture us for sure like me saying something like, "Oh my god, can you believe those Suboxone people think they're clean or something <laughs> like that?" Like I probably yeah. had that attitude then, and like that is on fucking well, record. What's even for worse is, and I can't remember the episode. I listened to us debate about something, and then I'm like, 
I don't even think that anymore. <laughs> that was a waste of like 15 minutes of time arguing about something I don't even really think. Right. So it's it's been a fascinating journey for sure. And and you're you're right. I think in these three years, I have probably had as much or more growth than I've ever had at any other point in my life. Yeah, if nothing else, my open-mindedness is, yes. is way, you know, my mind is opened wider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this has been fantastic for us. And and so, you know, there's people out there who this podcast might really work well for, and that's people who, in my mind at least, people who overthink everything <laughs> right. or, or like like to get down to the nitty-gritty or, or split hairs about a topic or, you know, the guy who's always questioning his sponsor, like, well, you said this cliche, but what about this cliche seems to interrupt that cliche? Right. And You know what I mean? Like... If you're that kind of person or you know that kind of person, this might be the podcast yeah. for them. Or if you see some of those uh, contradictions of ideas and, and thoughts within fellowships, like, yeah, we see them too. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're there. Don't let people tell you they don't exist. They're fucking there and they need to be talked about. And just ignoring them is dogma, you know? Right, right. And and if you you or the people you know are more like my old sponsor, where and, and I love my old sponsor. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Sonny was great. He is a great individual and he sponsored me for a long time. All good things. But- when I would go to him with these kind of conversations, I knew that wasn't the place for it. And he's like, man, you just think too much. Just fucking, <laughs> right. just get up and go to work tomorrow, bro. You'll just be believe fine. and don't worry. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with that. But if yeah. that's more you, this is probably not the podcast for you. Yeah. You'll be like, what the fuck is wrong with we these over two guys? We over-talk and overthink. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So to kind of wrap this up, as in the sense of episode zero at least, if this sounds like something that's interesting to you or people you know, right? You can share this with your friends. You can tell them about it. You can say, hey, I heard this new thing. It really opened my mind. It made me think from a different angle. It, it They said some stuff that I, I couldn't argue with or I agreed with or felt something compared to, right? Share it with people. Um, subscribe to us on any of the platforms. We're on pretty much every podcasting platform. I don't even know what they're all called. <laughs> iPodcasts yeah. or Spotify or iHeartRadio or any of these fucking places, Google Podcasts. Um, we're on YouTube. Find us on our website because that's where you can go and just check out all the old episodes. There's transcripts on there. There's links to people who've been on the show or quizzes we've taken at times. Or, you know, there's also a blog that Jenny writes. That's all on the website. That is recoverysortof.com. All one word, the recovery sort of in that context. Uh, from there, you can find us on all our social media. There's Facebook, Instagram. TikTok now, YouTube. YouTube, Twitter, Reddit, if you count that. Um, you know, you can see the video on YouTube. You can see that on Spotify as well now. Uh, and then you can you can contribute from our website too and, and share, you know, if we have improved or increased the quality of your life, people go on there and they hit the PayPal button, they donate a cup of coffee or, or $5 or whatever. Again, we don't keep that money. We use it to, you know, if we have to invest in the podcast, we need new equipment. Sure, it's going to cover that, but it also goes anything over top of that goes back into the community and it's given back to people who need assistance in finding recovery. Yeah, and that would be my biggest call to action, you know, donate money. <laughs> I'll just be direct. There's a donate button. And if you donate, that money goes to help people in our community that are struggling um, in this Right now, it helps people in our local community. We're involved with the nonprofit in this area, um, and they have come in contact with addicts in all different stages of recovery that have lots of different needs from 
clothing to housing to transportation to child care. And there's holes in those, you know, public safety net systems that these things are not covered for people. And so, you know, like Jason mentioned, neither of us takes an income from this. Anything that we get goes to helping other people other than the cost of what equipment or maintenance stuff we need. Um, and we share occasionally about how that money has gone to help people. And that probably is one of the biggest benefits is, you know, one, hearing that information that we put out there was helpful to other people that are on this journey, but also, two, knowing that we can, you know, do a minor thing to show people early in this process of recovery that they fucking matter, that mm-hmm. their lives matter, that they have value, and that there are people that just want to help you know, for the sake of helping. We don't want anything else in return. So if you donate a couple bucks, that's what it's going to go to, helping people know that their lives and this journey matters. Right. And and I think we started this as two guys who were worried about having too much ego and who the fuck would want to listen to us <laughs> and all that, you know, inferiority complex, but also egomaniac thinking we got some good ideas that maybe people could relate to or benefit from. And, and I would say, and look, it's not like we've had a million people reach out to us and be like, oh, you've changed my <laughs> right. life. But but there have been quite a few. And it's like just to get those people who we've impacted their life enough that they took the time to send us a few paragraphs about the impact on their life. Right. Or the people who have took the time to donate and, and that money that has gone back to help like this has evolved into so much more that mm. I at least feel confident that, yeah, maybe it's not for everybody, but some people are out here getting benefit and I'm glad and I'm I'm glad to be a part of like meeting up with you on Sundays and putting in the work and the editing and all that for that to be the case. It's it's awesome. It's an amazing feeling. All right. So if you want to stick out, we're going to do some recap of people who have contacted us. If uh, if this is your first introduction to recovery, sort of, and you're just going to check us out later, we thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we look forward to interacting with you some. Reach out to us. Tell us your thoughts on some of these episodes. And, and if you're a regular listener, well, we're about to tell you how some guy on Facebook called us an idiot. <laughs> This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. So Tori reached out to us about the episode we had talked about when to shut people down in their shares in a 12-step program. We finally got around to doing that three years late. Um, So she said, listening to today's episode, one of my very good friends who actually sponsors my husband now had a brother get out of prison and come to my home group, his first NA meeting. He was fucked up as a sack of coat hangers and sharing some really vulgar shit about what he saw in prison. Very detailed, triggering, etc. Anyways, myself and a few other members shut him down. He never came back and he died of an overdose about two years ago. I've wondered often since then if we did the right thing. If letting him share would have done more or less damage than not letting him share. I think we did it in love, but the impact of it insinuates that our intention did not come across the way we wanted it to. Anyway... 
This is just a really sad story to say I have no idea what the right thing to do is in situations like this, but people's lives are still on the line. Yeah. I I mean, I think that kind of encapsulates a little bit of the discussion. (laughs) Maybe we didn't make it as as dire in its consequences, but that was kind of what we were exploring. Like, what are we doing here? Is there more benefit or drawback? To which way, right? Like, are is the person we're shutting down getting more drawback, or are the rest of the members who don't have to hear it getting more benefit? Yeah. Or you know what I mean? And and I don't know that we have a good answer at the end of that no. episode, honestly. Yeah, and that's exactly what I thought. Is like, does the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one, or vice versa? And how do you know who's more at risk? Because it's like the trolley problem. If you let him share that way, and then he you know, triggered someone to go out and use and they overdose, then the consequence is still equally the same. Mm. So this almost gets back to our faith episode of like, (laughs) you know, I just have to trust that I'm coming from a place of love and that I'm trying to do the best that I can. And and no matter, you know, what that is, like the outcome is going to be the outcome. Like somebody might die either way, you know? (laughs) Well, I mean, the outcome ultimately for everyone in that meeting is they're all going to die. Eventually, yes, they are all going to die. So it's, yeah, it doesn't, I don't think it changes anything I thought on that episode or or makes me reevaluate it at all. I I think, honestly, I think what happened at the end of that episode was I said something like, I'm never going to ever tell anybody to shut up. (laughs) And I think you were like, I'm probably more willing to speak with someone in the middle of their share than I ever have been before in my life. And I found that to be fascinating because I think we were both coming from a place of love. Yeah. And what we believe, and yet it's very different beliefs about what we would do in the right. situation. And and of course, I, like you know, there's some other stuff there too. Like I would think, hopefully, I would be willing to follow up with that person at the end of the meeting. Like if they stuck around till the end, you know, hopefully, I would want to like talk to. Hey, you know, I didn't mean to disrespect you or, or put anything that you said down. It's just in a meeting, you know, that's not the best place to share that. But maybe if you want to go get a coffee sometime or you want to talk, we right. can talk. You know, there are some ways, you know, it's not just shut them down and be like, there, I did the right thing and walk away. You know, there are some practices I can try to try to do in relation to that. What I picture is <laughs> in a comical way. It's not what yeah. I think would actually happen. But but yeah, you go up and you shut them down and then everybody walks to the parking lot and they stand off by themselves while everybody like cheers you on about how you shut them <laughs> Like, right. This is backwards somehow. And I picture the other way. It's like I go talk to the guy that just got out of jail and tell him I didn't want to disrespect him and he punches me in the face. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was just picturing when you shut him down, he was leaving right then. Oh yeah. Seven thirty five. I'm gone. I'm out. <laughs> um but no, I, I Tori, I appreciate you sharing yes, that. Story. Thank you for sharing I mean, that. That's makes a tragic you, story. Well, and it's it's super vulnerable to own. Like I still question what my actions did and how they affected this life. Right. Like that's a, something I don't want to ever have to have hanging over my head or living yeah. with, even though I, I, I would imagine just in in who I've been over the my course of time in recovery. I've probably had a ton of those. Right. I've probably had plenty of times when I've said the not so kind or not so compassionate thing to someone and they just didn't come back or and I just don't know. Right. right? And I think actually that's like a great point of i don't know meditation to me like being more aware of what i'm doing because i can walk through life hurting everybody in my life and just not know it right i feel like that happens all the time i'm i'm seeing people in therapy every day that are talking about their partners are just doing all this harmful shit and their partners that i know are good people and love them right so it's like sometimes just not paying attention in the moment is what's causing all this like 
I, I guess what I'm saying, at least Tori is thinking about it. Like what, you know what I mean? And, and hopefully we're all preemptively thinking about it. What could this do? I want to know if I ever do try to shut someone down in their share. I want to know what's possible that could come from that so that that can help guide how I do it. Right. For you sure. know what I mean? Um, so we had someone reach out. Oh, music dreams. I think they suggested a topic before. Uh, they suggested witnessing suicide and how it relates to recovery. Wow, that's highly specific. Mm. I, do we have to find somebody who's witnessed suicide and then tried to recover? Well, do they mean like literally witnessing or just being like a family member, a friend of someone who has tried suicide? Well, and do they mean witnessing suicide or do they mean witnessing someone overdose and pass away? Because hmm. that's yeah. kind of like a form of suicide and much more. I feel like there's many more so encounters can, sorry, like can that. Can you read that question again? Because now I can hear 10 different questions there. Witnessing <laughs> suicide and how it relates to recovery. Mm. Like if the the act of having gone through the experience of witnessing suicide, and I guess, yeah, there, there's a lot of nuance there, right? I feel like a lot of us have seen someone OD or, or the consequence or the finality of the OD. Um, not so many of us probably with just a different version of suicide. I, and I'm really like, careful about how i say these words because i know there's already a lot of weirdness around using suicide and how we use it and the ways we've said it in the past and how we don't like that anymore really i yeah. don't know that well to say someone committed suicide is kind of shitty because committed is a crime and mm. so then we're looking at it as a crime against themselves. and is that really the context that the family needs to be in when they've just lost a, a beloved member is like talking about this person as a criminal hmm. it's like eh. you know so we've talked about like completed suicide or suicided or these other terminologies okay. to just Wasn't describe the that, situation okay. without the judgment um so i'm i'm a little careful about that because i don't know where o overdoses fall into that yeah. category and that or... didn't say attempted that said committed so that must mean they succeeded yeah, yeah, and and again, like you said, I don't know if that means witnessing like I watched someone do it in front of me or I walked in and found yeah. the results of it or I just, it happened in my house or to a yeah. loved member. Makes me think of a couple people I could talk to, though. Okay. About possible guests. Okay, cool, cool. So maybe we'll get some of that on here. I can't imagine that's a very fun topic. but It's <laughs> no, depressing. But we'll go for it. Uh, <laughs> so we got an, a comment on the Is Counting Clean Time Harmful episode. And somebody said, I'm in the no matter what club, no reservations, no battle, no settling on the fence, clean and sober for life. So I guess for them, counting clean time is not harmful, though they didn't give a time. So maybe they're not yeah. counting. I don't know. I'm not sure if that comment actually adds anything to that episode. Yeah, I don't. Well, I'm just thinking, does the no matter what club mean clean time doesn't matter? Like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, so I heard it the other way. Like, oh, I'm no matter what. So I don't, it doesn't matter how long. I, no matter what, I'm staying clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what that means about the episode. Was it good? Was it good? I mean, you commented, so it must have been all right. Yeah. Thank you for commenting. We got another comment on that same episode. And I, yeah, your guess is good as mine with this one. It looks a little weird. It says, thank you, man. Seriously. He puts everything he has into every job for the team. Numerous times they show him on the sidelines. Keep it up and rest up, man. Maybe that sounds like a football comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe they commented on the wrong, the wrong video, or maybe oh. you were talking about being on the sidelines of your son's game. I have no idea. Another topic suggestion: 
from Music Dreams again. Thank you, Music Dreams. I appreciate it. Yes, that. thank you. We need topics. Uh, I, he said, I'm going to stop sharing. LOL. No, really. I get it. I'm telling myself at this very moment to separate what, how, and when to share. Good one. Love to hear you bring things into perspective. Mm. Was that about shutting down shares? I don't know what he was commenting on. No, well, that comment I can relate to because I go to meetings sometimes, and I don't know music dream situation but like i can go into a meeting and i'll be one of the people with the most amount of time in the meeting and there'll be those points of silence or there'll be a topic and i feel like is there some kind of pressure on me that i'm supposed to share on this topic or you know and i know it's all weird stuff and so most of the time when that happens i just don't say nothing i'm like well i'm not gonna share Hmm. but anyway it's there's they've been issues and if there's too much silence in a meeting, I'll say, well, you know, should I share? I'm like a senior member, you know, do I, should I try to help, you know, promote recovery within this meeting? When you spend too much time in your head, that's the kind of shit that happens. <laughs> that's the kind of people that relate to us. <laughs> right. So we got a, we got a, a comment on a meme, which is unusual. Usually the comments are about the meme, but we got a comment on a meme that said, and this is from Andy. Uh, I won't say your last name, Andy. Uh, I listen to your tradition talks. You guys are a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. No, uh, I, so don't get me wrong. It, I wanted to respond. <laughs> I sat in my head for a day of like what I would say back. Um, but I, you know, talked to a couple people about it and thought about it a little bit. And like, there's nothing of substance there to respond. No, that's to. immediately what I thought. It's like what. It- Okay. <laughs> right. Well, which tradition talks did you listen to? Because we didn't give any tradition talks for one. We explored the traditions and tried to delve into what the underlying meaning or if there's any real rules or regulations or if they're all just like kind of wishy-washy guidelines that maybe work or don't. Or And I would be interested like what episode you listen to, what part of it you thought made us sound like idiots. He has too much faith. <laughs> yeah he must I, no i don't know like I, you know had somebody reached out like we had we've had criticisms before somebody criticized our updating the big book episode yeah. right like and and it was a very good criticism like even though we didn't tend to agree at the end of it like it was thought out they put structure into it they made points they had like debate material in there and it was like okay hey i i see your side of it right i don't buy into that side but i can get it and i appreciate you making a relevant post but this is like, okay, so we're idiots. Why? Because you tend to disagree with what we say or like what makes us idiots? Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, I've just Lack felt like there isn't anything stupid, there to, like, to really go by. Yeah. So, so Andy, yeah, I'm you. all open to criticism. <laughs> I definitely know criticism is helpful. Well, I listened to Andy's comment on our meme and he's a fucking idiot too. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's what well, I got. And if you ever it. see the memes, that'll give you some idea that we don't really take ourselves all that serious. Oh my God, we kind of yes. talk too deeply about stuff, but recovery at the same time, for me, life should be fun and things are open for jokes and mm-hmm. making fun of, and I'll make fun of myself and I make fun of other people and probably say yeah. inappropriate shit sometimes. Yeah. It's never in a place of offense. You know, but that's makes life fun and interesting. <laughs> well, and and if you are someone who, I mean, I don't think you listen to us. If you're, I don't even know the right descriptive words here. Like, I guess we're a little raunchy or vulgar from time to time. I, not terribly, no. but I mean, every once in a while, I'll jump out there with a sex joke. It's like or, golf color humor too. It's 
people yeah. people don't get off color humor. Well, I guess I just can't imagine people who would be turned off by like language or cuss words or mm. you know sexual ideas listening to us anyway. So I I always feel like I want to give this like disclaimer like hey if you're offended if you know some kinds of humor bother you maybe don't look at our memes maybe don't yeah. go to facebook and instagram find us on twitter yeah, or something maybe, well instead. maybe we're just not for you that's okay and too. that's what i'm wondering right <laughs> yeah, like, if right. you listen to us and you're okay with it i think you're probably okay with the memes too <laughs> yeah um we did have a another couple suggestions so landon reached out and said he would love to hear an episode about the effects of being on adderall every day until adulthood I've recently realized I have been on a substance daily, regardless of what it is, and feel unable to not take anything at all. So it's interesting because his initial part of the effects of being on Adderall every day until adulthood or, you know, uh, the pharmacalization of our children to make Mm. them act the way we want them to, uh, which is what I would say about that. I have no idea how that impacts kids, and I don't think we fucking know either. I don't know we know the impacts of that on adults. We haven't been doing it long enough. Right. We, we prescribe these children, these Ritalins or Adderalls or, or uppers, basically, for a long period of time, which has got to be doing something to their insides and how they work. And then they reach adulthood. And for most of them, then we stop giving them to them. Yeah. Because we're like, oh, you're not kids anymore. You don't need to worry about emotional that. Emotional development. Or the way you act. Right. Or, or, you know, they're. Their emotional and mental health. <laughs> yes, yes. The ability for their brain to mature in an active I mean, way. well, and one of the things, like, we tell our kids regularly, like, hey, look, you know, you might get to a point in your life where you're going to drink alcohol or, or do drugs. And that's because that's, for some people, that's a part of life. I mean, not everyone needs to be absent in all the time. But please, you know, wait until you're older because your brain is not developed. So we tell them that with illegal drugs. Why would we act like pharmacological drugs or, or because they're prescribed by a doctor that somehow makes them safer on our... We do think that, though. I know, but it's not true. <laughs> no. <laughs> like... No, it's not. So that was what I first got was like, man, do we have this research? Do we know this answer? Or do we know the effects of Adderall over time on children and what that leads to in adulthood or any clue? But I feel like his take is more just coming from the place of like... I've never not taken anything and I don't know how to do that, Hmm. which is a little different than what I'm curious about. But maybe there's room for both of those in that episode about that. But I I would love that. The hard part about episodes like that is that it either is going to take some hours for one of us to do the research on it and become sort of the expert real quick. Or we need to find somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about, which maybe that's what we I would love to do that. Well, another interesting idea in that is. uh You know, my wife has described like early in her process of finding recovery, like she was directed more towards the recovery path of what was wrong with her versus the mental health path of what's wrong with her. Because typically if you're thrown into the mental health path, it's drugs. It's you know what I mean? Like it's we're going to find some medication, some Mm -hmm. combination of medications to help you with what's wrong with you. Versus her being pushed into the recovery pathway, which was like abstinence based in 12 steps at that time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, if she had been pushed the other way into the mental health pathway for what was wrong with her at a young age, how would her life be different? You know, and and what what effects would that have? And that's a fascinating question because we don't know. know. And it could be some 
you know, more positive outcomes and some more negative <laughs> right. outcomes, depending on the area of her life you're looking at. And that's, yeah, who the fuck knows? Right. So no, maybe, maybe we can get on top of trying to find, this is what I would love personally. And I'm hoping that maybe this is like one of those topics that can lead us this direction. I would love for us to have experts on that maybe don't really deal with addiction, but they're experts in some other form of like brain or body functioning and then talk with them as if, and, and maybe they've never even thought about how do these principles that I study in labs apply to the recovery community, but maybe we can help bridge that gap. Like I want to, I want to run stuff by them like, okay, well you describe this in action. How do you think that plays out for this kind of person in this situation? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would be really, really interesting conversations to have because it would be like maybe light bulb moments for them and us of figuring out the connection. I love talking to experts, you know what I mean, or or people that know about stuff. But then a part of me wonders, too, like the, you know, music dreams or like this guy, like, do they want to come on and talk about their experience with some Mm. of this stuff? Like, because maybe they have some experience there that they would like to share or they think would be valuable or they looking for us to provide them some direction you know mm, yeah so yeah if you're listening to this and and you pose a question you know we're not opposed to having people come on and talk about subjects we'll probably ask you a few more questions before we just invite you on <laughs> right right yeah we do a little vetting <laughs> yeah well, little. there'll be a little vetting involved but you know i i love to hear individuals experiences in this process of recovery you know I do too. I think the scary part for me, uh, if we just have somebody on, it's not like it's scary. So when they talk about wanting to investigate, you know, the effects of taking ADHD or ADD medicine for your entire childhood or anything, that if we bring them on to talk about their experience, I feel like it puts us in the position of having to be more of the experts, which I'm mm, not saying yeah. we can't help them make sense of their experience. I think we can. I just think there's somebody out there who knows more than I do that could help me understand. Oh, it there's better. always you know people I mean? know more than me. Yeah, and I, I would like that. It would always be great to have both at the same time, like the expert and the individual, and just yeah. kind of watch them go back and forth. Yeah, we're about like interventionists. It. Well, it reminds <laughs> me of that "What Happened to You" book by Oprah. Oh, yeah, right? Right. You got like the Oprah giving the the classic, like "This is what happened in my life," and then Doctor Bruce Perry coming in with "This is what was probably going on in your brain and your nervous system," yeah. and it's like that's a really good combination. Hmm. That is cool. We need to format like that. All right, yeah. uh, and then we got another. A recommendation from Anita, topics I could always hear more about. 12-step group dynamics. For example, dating within the rooms, 13th step, etc. I got all those. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm down. Uh, Psychedelics, therapy related to addiction, and being in multiple 12-step programs. Great job. Thanks. Thank you, Anita. Thank you. So we did an episode about relationships in recovery. You had your wife in and I had maybe that was more specific to marriage. But, you know, we kind of shared, you know, my wife being in recovery. A little bit of my 12th or 13th step experience. I said 12th (laughs) step, 13th step experience. And um, yeah, 
So we've done a little bit of that. It was twelve step too. She was giving it away to keep it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we have a we have a relationship episode from earlier on too. I think two of them actually. I think you and I tried to delve into relationships by ourselves one time, and that was like, damn, we only had white guy perspectives on here. <laughs> and then we did it again some episodes later, I believe. Maybe. Maybe it's just us again <laughs> doing the same mistake, <laughs> expecting some different results. But then, yeah, we do have the marriage one more about our wives. Um, but I think, you know, relationships, marriages, romantic endeavors, probably there's no end to episodes we could do about yeah. that. I mean, we've been facing relationship challenges since we've had relationships. But so. group dynamics and, and what could what's important in a home group mm. or what, you know, <sighs> what should you be yeah. looking for in those things like that could be. It could be interesting. I don't know what I would... I feel like I don't have as much to give on that at this mm-hmm. point. I'm like, I don't know. Fucking <laughs> people that care? That's it. Well, you had some experiences of groups that you were really connected to, and then you had some issues with groups that you weren't connected true. to. True. I could definitely speak of like you know. previous experience with... Well, and I, I mean, my experience, how much harder is it to go to a home group when you're not really invested in the group? Like you're not really connected right. or invested. It's like, those are the days where you're like, ugh, I just want to stay home. <laughs> like, you know. Well, and I got some histor- historical experience with being in more than one 12-step fellowship at a time too. And that's an interesting, that's, I feel like that's difficult. But you know what? I got a, I got a friend that could maybe come on and talk about that. I don't know. That could be fascinating, but yeah, the feedback, the 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 suggestions, the topics, the thoughts about you know how we're doing. Unless you're just going to call us a fucking idiot, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> but if you have valid criticism or disagreement, like we'd love to hear that, right? Yeah, and, you can call me an idiot if it makes you feel better. That's fine. I'm just not going to do anything with it. So. It's going to piss just me know off. That and it's hurt pointless. my feelings. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, Andy. God damn it, you hurt my feelings. No, I. I don't know. I mean, I would say people who think we're an idiot probably are not the people who should listen. <laughs> yeah, that's obvious. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't listen to our tradition talks. <laughs> if that's <laughs> right. what you think of, I'm like, I don't know. We're just over no, here. It, so to me, it's always like the, the Howard Stern thing. Like, I don't know if you remember back when he was so shock jockey and everyone, you know, right. but. What made him successful was that all the people that hated him still listened all the time mm-hmm. and couldn't stop tuning in. And it's just, mm. it's ironic to me. It's like maybe there's something there because you realize your closed mindedness or your inability to, to hear different perspective or things you don't agree with. You're so confrontational with that. Like, mm. Maybe you need to be challenged on some things you believe. Maybe you need to think a little more deeply about. I mean, that's the way I feel for me. Hmm. If you got some, like, say, valid criticisms about what I have to say, I would love to hear them. I will take that shit seriously and listen to it. I don't know if I'm going to change, but I will listen to it. If you call me a fucking idiot, okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to do nothing with it. You make a point uh, about success, I guess, that I hadn't really considered, which is, if nobody's saying anything about us, that's probably bad. That's not successful. But if people are saying things about us, that probably is successful. Even if it is, I've listened and that's these guys are fucking idiots. Like haters. Right. Right. There's gotta <laughs> be haters to success. So I guess we're there. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else you feel like you want to talk about today? No, just thank you for listening and, and thank you for supporting us in this journey. It's it's a lot of fun and you know, I love doing this and the stuff we've talked about has been amazing so 
Yeah, know, absolutely. Keep, your comments help. I mean, if nothing else, they just let us know people are listening right. and paying attention. It's not and, a void. Right? We're not yelling into the <laughs> void. Just, and, and some points I've actually thought, that's just me and you coming here fucking talking to each other and put it on the internet. Like, that's all we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, but yeah. But yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I, I think... That's kind of what hits home for me today, doing this this episode zero, right? Just like, thank you. Like, mm. there is feedback. There is the sense that we aren't doing this for nothing. There is a feeling of, like, we get to enjoy this. Yeah, there's work into it, but I think there's a lot of enjoyment, too. And not only do we get to enjoy it, but it's actually being useful in the world. And it's not out here just shitting on people or giving negative opinions or criticizing. We're like... Just trying to be better people, and along the way, hopefully, anybody that's listening can join us and and be on that path too. Yeah, and hopefully, we're you know building emotional and mental you know connections to a community of people that are all struggling to get through this thing of life with whatever you know addiction or mental health issue that we're struggling with. That there's other people out there that are struggling with some shit too. You're not alone, you know, and people want to help. Yeah. So go out there, stay safe, come back and listen to us next week, and we'll see you then. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.